Hello everybody, welcome to Sonic Talk episode, uh, well it's 724, recorded today on Wednesday the 17th of August. This is the music technology chat show, we talk about all things to do with music technology. And yes, I'll agree, sometimes in the summer that stretch, we have to stretch it a little bit because nobody does anything. And that's probably linked to one of the topics that we'll get onto a little bit later. Uh, but I want to say thank you very much to all our live viewers, we've got people in the YouTube chat room, if you could want to watch us live on YouTube, we can, uh, we've got people in the IRC. We've got people in the Discord, and also we now have the ability to throw people's comments up uh, uh, live on the show, such as, I was wondering where uh, I recognised him from, the Super Strong Rig video, which will lead me on to introducing our guests. So, um... But first of all, I just want to say thank you to uh, everybody for for watching. And also, the, before we go, I wanted to plug our Patreon because essentially what I've got, uh, I did a, 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 re a preview of the... Um, uh, malevolent PWM which I've got in for review and we've got this new idea which I'll, I'll just play this first and you can see it and then it'll be uh, it'll all be okay so let's if I play this Then I promise I'll get on to our guests. Yeah, that's the sound of the PWM. <laughs> How could I not review something that's made by PWM? <laughs> Malevolent. Uh, this is the synth from Paul Whittington and Future Sound Systems, uh, Finley Shakespeare. And uh, it's a modular synth with a kind of keyboard version. And what? Right, I'm not going to play the whole thing because essentially what I've done is I've done a sort of pre, a pre-review that goes out to our Patreons and if you've got questions you want to ask about that synth, we're going to do a kind of special video for those, which is all part of us trying to kind of figure out how to do a different tier. So if you've got any questions, I might they might end up in the review anyway, but if not, then there'll be a, a, another video uh, which will go out to our Patreons and that's a one way you can support us. Anyway, that's enough of that. Let's start introducing some people. Uh, we'll start off with our friend over at uh, in Birmingham. We've got all the bees this week. Birmingham, two Brightons and a Bath. Birmingham, Paulie, Alex Bow. How are you? Of course, this is... Uh... Whoa. Magical Synth Adventure, um, which I must get round to changing your third. How are you? Yeah, not bad, actually. I must say, and this might be a good kind of topic to discuss in the future, it's been quite a large undertaking getting this, this first video done. Um, just because... I haven't yet got a workflow, like a really sort of yes. streamlined workflow, you know, because you do all your, your mixing stuff with all your cameras and things like that and make it look easy. I know it's not, but um, I'm, I have a lot to learn, but um, I'm probably like two, three days out from releasing the video, which is good because my wife could give birth at any moment <laughs> and then I might be out of action for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I can't, you know. Can you just wait, darling? I just need to publish this video. <laughs> I'm not changing the nappies for for a couple of hours while this renders, you know, it's not, it wouldn't fly. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, as I said, just uh, being really creative. And I think that has kind of actually helped me stay calm throughout the whole debacle you know with tests and scans and things like that i always know well i can go and oh, be yeah. creative for a couple of hours later and chill out so that's me 
Excellent. Well, lovely to have you, Paulie. Uh, always a pleasure. And we've also got, I'm going to do this, in, I'm going to do the reveal for the final guest because uh, we've got a new, a new guest this week. So we've also got Mr. Matthew Hodson, aka Maths or Maths, 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 there in his, uh, uh, his, his modular studio. I think that would be a fair description. How are you, Matt? I'm all right. Yeah, actually, um, I'm going to be getting a new studio. Hopefully in a couple of months. So I'm doing a bit of uh, specking up all of that and thinking about how I'm going to kind of have this at the heart of, of everything. Um, yeah. So instead of having like a standard mixing desk and all that kind of thing, this is basically going to be the desk, the the synths, the voices and everything like that, kind of going to have it so it's you can kind of lay it down or stand it up on an easel. Um yeah, so I'm just figuring out um, all that kind of um, studio gubbins kind of thing. And um, I'm going to go for kind of a self-build, actually. Um, I don't know if anyone out there rents a studio or whatever, but the price of renting a studio space compared to, I don't know, even building your own from scratch in your garden, um, it does, I think, make sense to, to go out there and spend 15 grand possibly on a bespoke building as opposed to renting for all those years. Um, and rent, you know, seems to be going up more and more. So yeah, I think I'm yeah. going down the self build route. So if anyone knows how to build, um, uh, like a cabin in, <laughs> in your garden, let me know. And, uh, I'll maybe I'll make you a few cups of tea in exchange. There are many, there are many, many ways to do this. Actually, I mean, I, I, I've been thinking the same thing. Working from home so much. I mean, unfortunately, the the kind of video studio aspect. I need a much bigger space than I've got available at my house. I wish, I wish, perhaps I'd thought about this ahead of time and had a bigger spare room or a double garage that I could have utilised. But property prices haven't uh, yeah, haven't really wanna, allowed for that. So I'm I, I'm thinking about I it. I want to I want to kind of have that that ability to get straight into the live streaming as well, a little bit easier. Yeah. Cause right now I have to turn kind of it on and go yeah. around a little bit. And yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of, um, when I'm in the flow, which is what usually happens with this, I can just flip the cameras on good to go, decent connection, decent lighting, all that kind of thing. So yeah, it's, it's the next step, so stay tuned. Yeah, I can yeah. totally get that. Well, of course, last week we were in uh, Roland uh, for the Roland stop, uh, shop opening. Um, we did shoot some video there. I'm not sure if it's going to see the light of day yet or not. It had to go past various kind of editorial people and whatnot and they haven't got back to us so i don't know what's going on with that but it was fun and the fact that i could do this at their studio and it worked fine uh there was people were asking what the uh what what i was using it was just a sure headset just a relatively cheap one but that sounded fine and it meant i didn't have to take all of this just the kind of screens so that worked really well um but anyway let's get on to our final guest uh it's mr chris black from battery operated orchestra you may recognize him from such videos as the utopia strong rig and the maths run down rig and also might even recognize his synth and his hands from some five minutes with he did in fact isn't that the um <laughs> i recognize the uh the, the uh analog solutions back there what's that I can't yeah the fuse box that is that fuse box that's right he did a video on that for us i can't believe we haven't had you on before what am i thinking it's a strange meta experience going on. I don't really know if I'm watching you or if I'm, what's happening. It's, this is odd. Uh, but no, thank you for having me. It's really, really great. Lovely. Uh, Good. Well, Chris, so uh, Chris, of <laughs> no, well, I don't know. Uh, Chris, if you haven't checked out, check out Boo Electric, the music and the mixes he does for Battery Operated Orchestra. Is that what you're, are you known as Battery Operated Orchestra still? Or what, what's your kind of official band moniker now? Because I, I, oh, it's quite so a mouthful. Syllables. 
It really does. It trips everyone up. So we, we just call us Boo or or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, we can't get rid of it now. It's there for good. So just call us whatever you like. Go Oi, and we'll probably turn around. <laughs> we'll hear you. Very, very topical. Yeah. That is actually quite topical. I think we've got a topic with the word Oi in it, but uh, we'll uh, we'll get onto that a little bit later. Um, but yes, thank you everybody for joining us uh, for this week. Like I say, I'm hoping if you've got any questions, um, we have uh, the ability now, and it does seem to be working. If you want any questions for the panel or anybody, throw them in, and we'll try and get uh, leave some space at the end to answer them. And uh, and it might even get featured on the little teaser that I've been doing at the end of every one. Because now what I'm doing is a little kind of short video which kind of it does rather condense the ums and the errs and the kind of uh, thinking parts out of the, the replies because you've got to get it into a minute on instagram but it's been working out okay so far so uh, yes please do right well we've got we'll start topically because uh, as we know in the uk it has been an insanely insanely hot period I, I haven't got anything to post for that keeping your studio cool well, that says roland store that doesn't really help but anyway we'll, we'll have that but basically i don't know about you but um one of the reasons I'm at home is because even now the office is still too hot. It hasn't rained enough to cool down the massive night storage yeah. heater of a roof that we've got. It's still almost 30 degrees in there, which is two degrees cooler than it was, you know, a few days ago. But this is actually quite challenging because creative work, generally, when you're in the, in the flow your metabolism speeds up and you generate heat, you get quite warm. I mean, this is what I find anyway. Maybe it's not the same for everybody. So how do you work within, uh, how do you cool your environment? How do you create the environment? Because, I mean, you know, as we know, we spoke to Ty about this. He said, oh, get air conditioning. It's the best thing you'll ever do. It's like, yes, but we've got quite a big space. It's pretty expensive. You know, what are the, what sort of strategies do you have uh, to, to do that? I'll, I'll come to you first, uh, Chris, just because, well, why not? You're, you're on. Say something. <laughs> well, it's all down to uh, <clears throat> what you yep, just don't. Yes, what you're you, alive. Do not swear. Mean. Yeah, I get it. Um, yeah, it's all about what you're wearing, isn't it? So yeah, the mantra here for a little while has been do it in your pants, um, which is basically the only way to survive because we've got like tons and tons of rock wool in the floor and the walls to keep the keep the sound in. But unfortunately, what that also does is keep all the heat in. So it, and as you're saying, when you've got even one person in this room, with the, the somehow when you're thinking or concentrating, you really generate a lot of uh, calories of heat, don't you? But um, yeah, it's this is the first time I've properly been able to wear clothes in here. But I'll, I'll say this: uh, last time I was in Sydney, uh, it clocked on, on a, uh, it was 47 degrees C, and wow. we were in a very uh, small Airbnb at the top of a tower block with no aircon, and that's. That's that's a trial, and the thing we got to, we discovered, or that we used to cool ourselves was frozen flannels. It's the only way. Frozen flannels. Get, get a load of flannels, Top make tip. them wet, put them in the freezer. Yeah. That's a great idea. I like the sound of that. I mean, but I mean, funnily enough, I did come up with a show title even before we started, which was going to be sitting in your pants. So we were already kind of halfway there <laughs> to get because I mean, Do it in your I, pants. I'm not at the moment, but but yeah, quite often what I've been doing in here, when I've been working here, is just you know just don't wear a shirt. Just try and kind of because it's cooler in here because we don't get the sun on it. This is just a back bedroom in, our, in 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 my house, but it's quite small and I can't really shoot videos. It's fine for doing this sort of thing. Um, okay, well. Um, uh, Paulie, I know um, we, we've joked in the past, haven't we, about the uh, if yeah. you see a goth in the in the in sunlight, you know, um, put them in the shade, you know, take them in, give them a cup of water. But, but I mean, you know, not only for you, but I guess your your wife must be 
suffering from this heat? I mean, it must be insane, you know, because you've got an extra little kilowatt heater in there while you're while you're pregnant. Sure. But what do you do to keep cool? Of course, fans are important. We, yeah. we just caved in and bought a fan. And then we tried the trick of putting frozen bottles of water in front of the fan to get, like, ghetto aircon, <laughs> yeah. which seemed to work quite well. But in terms of being creative, it's got to be um, portable devices in the garden at the moment. So sort of laptop, maybe a couple of Volkers, um, et cetera, et cetera, and, um, and just do a little jam that way. I think, um, or I, one I love is Korg Gadget. Korg Gadget is absolutely brill for when it's too warm to go in the studio. You switch it on, it gives you a random title, so you're away and you just load up, you know, some of the, the plugins and then get going. Right, okay. Well, anything to, anything perhaps to, that, that, that uh, can, can get... <laughs> get you there quickly without all the kind of because often you know as you start you start to get hotter and then when you're figuring out and solving problems i guess yeah that's that's not a bad idea actually uh matt what about you i mean does i don't know how much <laughs> how much heat does modular generate can it be quite warm with, enough if, have you got the stuff with the valves in <laughs> yeah a few of those um no it gets warm enough and i'm one of these people that i don't do very well in heat i'm sorry to moan about the warm weather but i'm one of those if it gets too hot i'm I just have to lay down. It's weird. I get, I just get heat exhaustion, I guess. I don't know. So I, um, right. it's don't really help answer the question so much, but I mean, um, aircon, I'm definitely with Ty and I, I bought myself one of these nice Dyson air purifiers where it sucks in the air and then purifies it, cools it and then spits it out. That's brilliant. But, um, when it gets too hot, I tend to start doing that kind of stuff away from the studio that informs what you do in a studio. So, just as simple as um, I've got so many books with ideas in and scribbles and they might be things like, um, they might be ideas for patches. They might be ideas for workflows. They might be um, ideas for approaching a remix for somebody or an album or something like that, or some visual concept <laughs> or even to-do lists, catching up on emails, all that kind of thing. So I go into like admin mode, really. I, I get away from right. that. And it, you know, and, and last week it was really, it was so hot, wasn't it? And I, I kind of spent a week away from making music and uh, I really feel refreshed from doing that actually. And I got a load of that, that other stuff done. And actually today I started going through some of these kind of patches. I started designing, drawing out and that kind of thing. I should, I should maybe publish some of these, some of my uh, black books with all of my um, drawings in and signal paths and ideas for songs they just look like such crazy scribbles. Um, and then you turn the page and then you'll have a shopping list and then you'll turn the page and then there'll be some <laughs> idea for like some weird oscillator routing and, um, <laughs> you know, and then, oh, I must buy this and all That's that. That's not a bad idea, so, Matt. Yeah. Well, maybe what you should do is do a series of cards. So, you you know, like the creative decision stuff that Eno does. And um, that, that, oh, yeah. you know, it's not an unusual thing. So you just, you just come up with a load of cards, just turn, you know, flip through the books and just kind of get, you know 50 of them or 100 of them and just kind of go put them out in cards and do that that wouldn't be uh that just, wouldn't be yeah. hard or set up a twitter account then just do one a day or you know something like that couldn't do it doing it okay <laughs> thanks Nick. i'm glad to hear that 
I've got, yeah, it's, it, it can be, I know it's, it's difficult. I mean, I think the problem is, is it depends what country you're, you're in. I mean, in the UK, we're all in the UK, the panel this week. So we're not really set up for these extremities of weather. You know, we've had these variations, uh, but it's not usually like this. You know, usually it's like a day or two and then you're back to normal rain, greyness, whatever it may be. Whereas countries that where this sort of thing has been the norm, then the infrastructure is there. You know, you probably have got air conditioning that can cope with that kind of stuff or you're yeah. building is built you know in the shade so you know we're just not geared up for it that's the thing isn't it It, it's totally different over here we actually had uh breeze sister over from sydney and uh they always laugh at us whinging palms going oh it's 28 degrees you know and they're like just laughing at us but when she came over she literally said oh it's different here yeah it's a different kind of heat isn't it and the uh, yeah it feels different because we like you say we've got this victorian infrastructure that freezes in the winter and boils in the summer and there's like you know 10 <laughs> minutes in october when it's all ca- it's sort of livable <laughs> but um it's true it's totally different but yeah i haven't been in this room for a, a you know to do any work for ages and we we are actually we've got a single uh, just finished and we've been tr- uh, trying to get ourselves together to shoot the video and we just can't do it because it's just like oh just i can't even think let alone you know, start holding a camera and doing stuff. Because, yeah, I think that advice, you know, get away from it, take some time out, chill, do something else. It's probably the best advice. Yeah. Well, uh, Matt Greer uh, via YouTube says, us in the deep south don't really feel sorry for you guys, lol. And I suppose <laughs> that's fair enough. I mean, you know, what could you say? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I've been to the deep south. I think we used to go to a summer Nashville and uh, I remember going there and it was, not only was it 102, it was also something like 98% humid, humidity and the, the convention centre that NAM used to be, summer NAM used to be in was uh, called, uh, uh, I can't remember where it was, but it was in the centre of town and you'd, you you getting from your apartment to you know to the hall you by the time you got to the hall you were just kind of drenched if you if you were late or anything you couldn't you couldn't get hot but then when you're inside the air conditioning was so fierce you had to put a jacket on it was ridiculous you know it's just so anyway it was just sort of like it's a bit of an extreme so anyway anyway you know it's i guess nothing worse than all that sweat instantly freezing (laughs) (laughs) i guess half our audience are going what are you talking about whereas the the uk ones will probably be identifying with it i suppose that's fair enough anyway let's have a quick break for our friends over at uh, baby audio Uh, baby audio makes creative effects designed to add color and depth to your mixes they won plug-in of the year 2021 in future music and computer music magazine nominated them for the sos awards two years in a row why not try crystalline it's an excellent algorithmic reverb plugin inspired by 20th century studio reverbs but offering higher fidelity thanks to 21st century computing power reverb plugin with a variety of creative features such as the ability to tempo sync pre-delay and reverb decay times and if you are interested uh, get 15% off when checking out with the code st15 over at babyaudio.com st15 will get you 15% off any of their plugins we thank them very much for their continued support right uh we've probably got some more topics haven't we let's see what's next uh there are a few uh um oh yeah here we go i'm gonna go for this one so this is uh, 10 things to do with your volcan modular uh, which is is more of a an, a catalyst shall we say this is a video from uh the audio wanderer via cdm link uh and 
there's some really creative stuff. They one thing he's built a load of uh, um, DIY knobs for kind of attenuating signals. The, the Volker modular is probably a little bit underutilized because it's quite unique. Some of the Volkers are not taken all that seriously. And I haven't played with this one, but I would like to try it. Very much on the East Coast, but really, it was really kind of more a to say you know check out this cool video but more to sort of go well, okay well what's the last synthesis thing that you kind of went oh i've not tried that before and you went yeah that's good because often you know i think i think i think there may be a misconception that many people who work with synthesizers all the time know everything and they they don't obviously i mean i certainly don't um and and just being able to kind of find a new technique, you go, yeah, I'll try that. And then you can often apply that across all sorts of different synthesizers, whether they're modular or parameter-driven menu synth. So I'm going to come to you first, Matt, because you're probably, this probably happens to you all the time. Um, all you've got to do is flip open a page in your notebook, right? And you've, you've found something. But what, <laughs> yeah, so right. what, I'm, just think, I'm just thinking what, you know, what, yeah. A, you know, have you yeah. tried the Volcom Modular first, I suppose is a question, and B, you know uh, what? what? I remember what when, you... when we first talked about that on this program, and I was like, yeah, definitely getting that, cheap as chips. In fact, if I had one of them, that's probably what I would use in the, in the garden, uh, do what Paulie says, go outside with a yeah, battery with something and, and play with it, absolutely, and it's battery operated. Ah, oh, I'm bringing that in as well there, Chris. Cheers, man. See. Pulling everyone in today. Um so no, I haven't got that. I should get it. I should definitely get it for sure. But um, a, a technique—can I? It's not synthesis, but it's actually sampling using samplers. I've gone back to um, playing around with a little bit in samplers. In fact, this is going to be my next live stream. Where what I've been doing is coming up with some ideas. So I'll come up with just a really nice melody or some interesting envelope shapes, and I jam it and I record about fifteen minutes of it straight into the computer stereo. And I put it into a sampler. And then what I've been using is step sequencing the playhead of the sampler start time. And it's all quantized. So you can jump backwards and forwards in time to a particular point where you was jamming. Everything's nicely in time. And you suddenly build a, a, a full track out of, you know, just out a little bit of jamming and that kind of thing. There's probably a name for it, um, that sort of technique. As I went into the rabbit hole and I started building some more things inside of Bitwig to do this, because it's got it's got the grid, as you know, where you can take a sampler and do all sorts of interesting synthesis and and that kind of thing. Then I started um, look. Then it started sort of pulling me down the, a rabbit hole of like, well, this is this is basically kind of what Aphex Twin was doing back in the day in Autecker and that kind of thing, which is playing around with uh, the sample playheads, the loop points, the pitching of it. Um, and and the resolution at which you trigger that. And then you can get all that kind of instant glitching sort of stuff going on at, at particular points and have it sound very musical. I'm probably not explaining this very well. I'll, I'll show you all in a video that I'll probably do. Um, I might do it Friday night and just go through this because it's been so much fun to play with. So, um, yeah, not synthesis. But um, more, more going back to some well, kind of like granular. It was sort of like granular yeah. synthesis to a degree. So I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't guess, say yeah. that. Uh, Playing around with to, that yeah. playhead and moving it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chris, what about mm. yourself? You, you have. We can see you have synthesizers behind you. What have you been doing with them recently that is new? <laughs> Never you mind, son. Um, uh, no. Um, the, yeah. When when you. This question, I, the thing that I'm going to say is that it's about the Op6. Um, so we bought the Op6, uh, thanks for the review and everything. But the thing about the Op6, which I never even understood until I watched a video by Oscillator Sync, is that 
you know, you've got those six operators and they can have, they, one can be a FM, one can be a, a filter, filter FM, wave folder, all different bits. And you can make your own algorithm, which basically means you can plug them into each other in different orders. So yeah, all very, very well and good. But what that means is that you can build a synth architecture inside a preset. You can sort of put the thing together in the way you want it to go. And uh, it's amazing. So um, yeah, uh, Oscillator Sync says, all right, let's try and build a Juno inside the OP6. So he just he just puts it together. And then the front of the OP6 is like sort of like a Juno 60 all of a sudden, and it works like that. And that's kind of blown oh. my mind because rather than... Is that using the custom algorithms? Yeah. Is that using so the user algorithm? Ah, Exactly. So you can take each individual operator and like plug it into any other operator and do it in any signal flow you want. And they can, you can hear them and have them, you can cool. basically have them as modulators and what's the uh, other word? Uh, uh, anyway, carriers. it's incredible. It's a little bit mind blowing because for me, it's like, okay, I've actually got to stop and think, what do I want to do here? Rather than the way I usually make sounds is like by, it's more like chess rather than <laughs> bowling. <laughs> so what I do is bowling with synthesis. So, yeah, see what, yep, yeah, that fell down. Great. But this is more like you can actually sit and think, okay, what can we do here? Uh, yeah, it's uh, not only, so you're making a preset, you're not just making a sound, you're making a whole different architecture, which you can then use to jump off and make other sounds from at that time. So that's the, oh, that's the you one know what? Thing. I've, I've been hang, you know, ever since that deal on reverb in the US, I've been thinking I really want to get a Volker, uh, an Op 6, and I, I just I can't really justify the expense. I've got so many synths lying around that maybe I should need to sell something to buy an Op Six. But the, I, I feel really, I feel really torn because I could have bought one for like, what was it, two hundred and eighty dollars or something in the states. Mm. But I've still got to pay four or five hundred quid in the UK, and oh. I feel a bit like, yeah, yeah, it's not. I don't like that. Um, Paulie, how about you? I know yes. you're. I, I mean, you're fan, you're a, you're an inquiring mind. <laughs> Definitely. Um... I want an op six for three two nine dollars as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, please. There's, there's an effect algorithm now, isn't there as well? Yeah. New mode yeah. six where you can put a phaser or a chorus or a distortion in between, which is cool. That's right. Um, I made a little list of cool stuff while everyone was talking, so I'll go through it really quickly. One is messing around with impulse responses, and I don't necessarily mean using impulse responses but sometimes making your own from either real spaces or taking real reverbs that you've got existing and then adding effects to them just to see what happens um here's one for the modular crowd um bit crushing cv always love bit crushing cv um which oh. works a bit like a sample and hold but the more you crush it the more slower it gets and grainier it gets and then if you put that through mm. like a chord quantizer just on three notes it gets quite nice bed of sound um i i think it's called sample munging where you stutter <laughs> right. through like samples. sample munging i've heard that before on one of the forums and one of the ones that i really love on the ensonic eps 16 plus is bi-directional get a bi-directional loop going yeah so say if you've got a wavetable and it's scanning through nicely if you turn on bi-directional um mode it will drop an octave 
and start losing its little mind and little artifacts will creep in. So I'm going to have to demonstrate that at at some point. Um, That sounds great. And the last two are FFT sideband filtering, which the V-Synth has, but a lot of other synths have, where when you use it, the sample, if it doesn't have any pitch, it will pick up a sense of pitch. Um, and if you turn it up more and more, it will almost sound like an additive synth. It will get more and more smooth as you turn up that sideband filter. So you can get sounds. You can kind of fake being really good at additive synthesis if you want, you know, and just just put a sample through and then let the FFT do its thing. Um, so, I think yeah. the, the System 8's got some sideband filtering as well, I think. Just yes. out of, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And one last thing, which I think OP6 has, as well as like um, previous Korg instruments, is um, wave shaping. Um, A lot of Korg instruments have a bunch of wave shapers, which come from the Korg O1W workstation from the 90s. And they're really interesting. So if you just get a sine wave and put it through one of those wave shapers, you'll get quite interesting effects from something that sounds like wave folding more to kind of saw shaping or whatever. Um, but polyphonically. So that's kind of fun. So there we go. There's my idea wow. for you to run away and, and try. <laughs> that's a lot. You've, um, that's a lot. Of you've just reminded, reminded me actually, um, while you're talking about all of that. Um, I recently got a dirt for audio divider, which, um, lovely. There's some of those similar kind of things where you, you can put an oscillator signal into it or CV or clock, anything really, um, and yeah. then it'll divide it down. So then you, you basically get um, the first input is halved, then it's quartered, and so on and so on. So basically you end up with like four sub-octaves of the input signal, whether that's audio. If it's audio and you put an oscillator through it, you get that such massive low end it's not subby low end though it's um because it's divided obviously it's going to be more square waved um yeah or if you put a clock through it or you put some other cv through it you can get some really interesting stuff and spit that out again so yeah thanks mm. for, for reminding me pauline i'm going to try some of those techniques as well yeah well the, the, go, the one that i the one sorry the one that I got was uh, I was doing the Moog Mavis rev- uh, review and uh, Ben, uh, DivKid Ben, was sharing uh, how to use the wave folder in that. And what was really cool is when you add a regular audio shape, you know, like a, let's say a, 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 a square wave, which doesn't fold very well, but then you add an LFO signal to the, that and put them both into the wave folder and you turn the and you turn the LFO up. So it's a sub-audio rate. You get this really interesting harmonic shifting and kind of weird shifting around. So things that putting things into wave folders that you wouldn't automatically think to, but an LFO plus an audio rate um, oscillator output sounds really good. So that was the last thing I did. And that I used that in the Merg Mavis review, which um, is up online somewhere. And uh, uh, yeah, but that... Yeah, Ben. Um, for those who need to know, uh, DivKid has got a ton of those sort of things, things to try with modulars, and he's he's full of all of that stuff. And uh, I usually learn stuff from him very easily. So uh, yeah, cool. I just right. remembered uh, one let's... more. Oh yeah, you got another one. Okay, come on then. Let's keep it coming. Just one <clears throat> on some. This could go on all day. On some instruments, like early romplers and stuff like that, some of them have AM, which is a version of ring mod. If you use a very low-pitched sample, like down like loads of octaves, as a an AM 
control source could be done on modular, you know, let that low pitch sample just boost the level and let it eat at your VCA. You get very, very weird sounds that sound kind of like textured folding metal and all sorts of stuff. So that one's always fun. Lovely. Well, plenty for everybody to be going on with there, I would say. Uh, let's see what's the time. Um, let's see what, gosh, we, we, we've got plenty of topics. It's actually not going to, it's not going to be a problem this week. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think what to go to next. Gosh, it's so difficult to know. I'm kind of tempted to go with, um, ooh, uh, let's go with the Udo Super 6 editor. Why not? Let's, uh, let's throw that one up there. What's that? That's vid two, I think so. Which is actually, this is, uh, Hazel Mills. Uh, demonstrating the new uh, um, 0.52 uh, MPE uh, firmware, which is, was released at the beginning of the month. But really, this was more to do with the fact uh, that there's an editor out for the Udo Super 6 by uh, Sunny, I think they're called. Sunny Synths, 35 bucks, does NRPM and CC mode, so you've got high and low resolution. Uh, it's got a whole bunch of different uh, possibilities there. And I just thought it's interesting because you look at this synth and you just go, well, hold on, why do I need an editor for a synth like this? And it sort of got me thinking about the idea of what benefits editors have. This is an editor librarian, so I can see that. You know, do some synths need it? Some synths, it seems like this maybe doesn't, but I just thought that would be an interesting point to discuss. Uh, but yeah, Hazel Mill's doing a thing there. If you haven't seen, she plays with golf rap, various other people. She's a great player. Oh, and the Super 6, every time I hear it demoed, uh, the, what's really cool about the new firmware for the Super 6 is the free, you can freeze the delay. And uh, George oh. showed us that at Superbooth, and that sounded absolutely amazing. I know, Chris. <clears throat> I mean, you've got a lot of uh, hardware stuff in there that doesn't, you know, a lot of that stuff, just, you know, you couldn't have an editor for it anyway because it's CV controlled. But do you find yeah. editors a hindrance Not or a really. help or a. Uh, I mean, uh, I yeah, you know, we got the uh, the micro korg uh, uh, for uh, well, we used to for the live thing, and that that's got a little editor on it. There was always a little bit of a lag between touching something on the screen and touching something on the micro korg. But I, I was looking at the um, and once again, the Op Six has a, a VST uh, version of itself, which also works yeah, it's two hundred quid though. It's expensive, expensive. Yeah. I think almost as much as the yeah. reverb deal. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, and you buy them both. Oh dear. <laughs> but, um, I think you get one guess, with the yeah. other, or used to. Well, so for library management, like keeping keeping your patches in control. I've just got a big book. Where's my big book? Hold on. Oh, what do you just sort of <laughs> scribble it? Down? Preset Bible. There it is. Oh, I just, excellent. It just because every. I mean, like the the OB six has just got a two two character display. It's like a three character display. You just don't know what what, what is five two one. I don't I don't know. So like, just write it down. But um, yeah, I I don't find them useful. I find them confusing and slightly disturbing. I may be mm, overstating it a little think bit. I suppose the thing is, it depends whether you prefer to be in the moment and go, this is it, this is what I'm going to use. And then yeah. you know, if you're going to play live and you're trying to recreate that, that's when it's, you know, well, you need to go back to it. Then that's that's where it becomes an issue, obviously. I mean, I guess, you know, so. yeah. Uh, but you've said it there. It's the whole thing about being in the moment and doing something as it's happening. I, it, it's, there are enough computers in the world already, but I'm sure they're useful. So perhaps someone could tell me why they're useful. Um, I can see why well, they, they're uh, needed uh, for some uh, some synth streaming, with no, you know, hardly any recording. controls. 
I suppose. Oh, well, that's well, you could. There was that. There was. I can't remember the name of the plugin. There was a plugin, wasn't there, that you could uh, just snap a picture of the front panel of something that didn't have a preset uh, and store yeah. it on the across the track, so that when you recall the track, you could recall the settings. And I'm guessing yeah. you probably have thoughts on this because I mean, you're in modular world. I mean, there is no preset really. I mean, your preset would presumably oh, be yeah. record it, but. Yeah. Sometimes there must be, and say if you're doing, so, okay, so th this is a scenario. Say if you're doing a uh, a paid gig and you submit the first mix to, you know, the, the media composers and they say, oh yeah, can you just go back and change something? And it's like, well, how do you do that? How do you manage that kind of situation and that scenario? I mean, do you, do you then result, you know, to take photos? Do you, what, what do you do? Yeah, I've done I've done a bit of everything really like that. If I'm doing any, anything to picture, I am very careful about just ripping everything out, of course. What I will do always is record as much as I can through the expert sleepers, whether that's audio or CV or gates. So as long as I've got all the pitch information um, recorded into a DAW, which is completely recordable, and the associated audio, I've, I've kind of got it there. And if I keep the patch, when I'm working on something to move an image, I'll, I'll keep a, a patch up as long as I can until we get that that kind of sign off. But um, but I haven't really done any super long um, form stuff like Ty does. So Ty's in the chat room, by the way. Hi, Ty. And, oh, hey, um, Ty. So I'm mainly I'm mainly doing a lot of adverts or shorts and that kind of thing. So that it's it's not really been a problem. And when I go out and play live, well, we did the rig rundown. I talked about my approach to to all of that. It's um, again as long as I've got the notes recorded into a computer, I can get those notes out. I can put them back into a sequencer, or they might be in a sequencer. And then for me, the fun is is recreating a sound or or coming up with a brand new sound for that track when I play it live. So the musical elements are still there. The timing information's there. The rhythm information and the pitch information's there. I can just then send it out to different places um, the and, thing, and yeah. replace the oscillators. Now, just going back to the original question, I used to have – there's probably two things that come to mind where an editor was useful, and that was the Dave Smith uh, Evolver when that first came out, just because of the way it was laid out. And the encoders stepped – physically which everyone was like oh why are you done that dave bless dave um and he actually i think he did a service where he could send it back and at the time him and his wife would resolder them and put on some stepless encoders for you so those editors was useful and the other one is the matrix 1000 which anyone who's used that oh sounds, god sounds yeah absolutely you have to lovely. it's x though isn't it yeah. It's SysX, yeah. So you couldn't actually change the parameters too much on the actual machine. There were, it was kind of like a preset machine in a way, but the editor really allowed you to get under the hood and um, pretty much change loads of stuff, and that opened up a lot of things. But as with anything, if you start collecting these editors, there's going to be bugs in them, and there's going to be updates, and you'll miss an update, and then you'll open mm. it up, and you know it's just another thing to go wrong. And I try and move away <laughs> from that workflow when I'm working in a studio as much much as pro possible. Um, the last thing I'll say, though, is this company who's done this, Sunny Synths, by the way, what a name. <laughs> I love their logo. It's like a keyboard with a sun wearing sunglasses. They've done a number of these now for, like, the Moog Grandmother, um, the Dreadbox, the Prologue, uh, and a couple of Behringer stuff as well. So... 
they seem like they know what they're doing. These aren't, these aren't, uh, this isn't a company that just cropped up and just thought, oh, I'll just make a quick book off this. It, it looks like they, they probably know what they're doing because they've done a number of these already before. Yeah. Oh, well, that's cool. I, I think the librarian stuff is probably the most useful. Uh, the editor, not yeah. so much in the synth like this. I don't know, but you may as well have one if you've got the other. I don't know, Paulie. What, I mean, you've got a, a penchant for kind of uh, difficult to edit, uh, small LCD uh, um, synthesizers from the 90s. So uh, I guess sure. you might, editors sure. might be your friend, right? Um, on the topic of the Super 6, before I forget, I think an editor is going to be great because I don't think George is done by any stretch of the imagination. He keeps cramming more and more, um, you know, function into the instrument, which is great, but the UI is quite limited to that bank of, but it's got a similar, similar UI to something like the OB6, hasn't it? It's not got a screen. It's not got, it's just got light up buttons. So I think eventually especially if he adds like wavetable scanning or something like that, it's going to get a bit difficult to manage just from the instrument itself, potentially. Um, although it is a lovely UI as it is at the moment. But yeah, so um, when I was about, let's work it out. When I was about 25, I resolved to buy loads of weird late 80s, early 90s digital synths. And that was due to a website called Sealed's Deep Synthesis. And he had all these these reviews in a, in a terrible-looking Yahoo GeoCities kind of website. Um, but was it has charm when you look at it now. Um, he did loads of reviews of old synths. Um, and, and when I bought them, I found that most of them had quite dreadful UIs. <laughs> so there's some synths that... That I basically have to resort to using some, and because I'm a vintage computer enthusiast, it's worked out okay because I've got like computers that run Macintosh, Amiga, Win95, Win98, Windows XP, <laughs> Windows 10, you know, so I, I can get like editors oh, in most format. But it, but I had to have that hobby, um, basically as well you mm. know i still use sound diver sometimes for the do you use virtualization just a question do you use virtualization for those uh iOS or do you actually have hardware computers i've got hardware computers yeah a right, bunch wow. of them okay so yeah wow, wow. <laughs> That's yeah amazing. yes my, my wife's gonna like make a ton when i pass off this mortal coil selling to vintage computer geeks i think <laughs> um but um yeah i don't mind i don't mind editors i think they're a fact of life um i think the editor i think the, the thing is about the edit sorry the, i think the thing about the editor is it has because if the editor quite often the early editors had almost as awful yeah. GUIs as the instruments themselves sure. so you know it's just charming, a, you know there say. is a charming yeah charming and rubbish yeah that's true yeah i i think some some sense actually it is quicker something like a size 77 is actually really intimidating. Um, but it is actually quicker to learn the muscle memory of the paging and just go yeah, from yeah. screen to screen rather than have God, to, yeah. to, to do it with the editor. Yamaha's but, legend. Yeah, yeah, said, yeah. Yamaha's legendary UI. Yeah. That's it. With one or two synths, it's totally required because the UI is so bad. Actually, I'll make videos on them and you can see because there's a few that, the the great um youtube channel bad gear 
he yes. hasn't covered yet. I've got stuff that will make him go white as a sheet. I tell you what, <laughs> with UI. So, <laughs> so that'll be fun. Well, Maybe excellent. We excellent. <laughs> excellent well we, we should we should yeah that sounds like a pretty good idea um i should probably we have been talking for a little while i probably do need to actually mention a, uh, a, something from our friends over at isotope as well so uh just hold on there one second isotope producers club is a one-of-a-kind membership for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level once you join you'll gain access to powerhouse isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celimony. Plus, as long as you're a member, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration-sparking sample packs and preset packs, and industry-leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world-renowned Berkeley Online taught by Grammy-winning producer and engineer, Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com. very much to, and we want to say thank you very much for them to uh, for sponsoring if you want to check out uh, you go to isotope.com forward slash sonic talk there's a special landing page there where if you use the code sonic 10 you can claim 10% off any product as long as it's not hardware or a subscription and that includes uh, summer sales and flash sales uh, as I've demonstrated and actually used myself so uh, well worth checking out and um, we do thank them for their continued support um, okay I'm just trying to think where to go to next whether we should be uh, going to questions or uh, ooh, it's a, it's a, I, I think I need to do a bit of this as well this is kind of yeah let's try it let's go for a little bit of this is uh, the new Make Noise Strega Musica. This is just the play out from the review I did of, uh, uh, of the, the Strega. Lovely instrument with uh, made in conjunction with uh, Alessandro Cortini. Really interesting sort of old chip-based uh, delay and uh, clocking and analogue. Just, just some lovely stuff there. I, I kind of miss it, actually. I never did get to hang on to that one. But um, the, this, what they've done is they've they've got a curated uh, series of tracks. I think there are thirteen. I'll have to scroll down. I can't quite make it out on this. Let's see. I think it's actually, uh, yeah. I think there are thirteen tracks that they basically uh, paid uh, various artists, uh, including Tony Tony Rolando, uh, who's the owner, Abel Mograd, uh, Alessandro Cortini, Ben Frost, Katarina Barbieri, Daniel Miller, Hiro Kone, uh, Daniel Avery, and Manny D, uh, amongst a few, and that's free download so the only thing that it had to use the Straker in it which I think is an interesting idea you know it's kind of this idea of creative limitations needless to say they're all quite floaty and ambient just through the nature of them although Daniel Miller's is pretty uh, hardcore listening and I just thought uh, a did you get a chance to listen to it and b you know this idea of the you know manufacturers doing a kind of like well just make some tunes with our with one piece of equipment is actually a really powerful and quite a good idea I'll come to you first Chris I don't know um do you uh, do you like to give yourself creative limitations yes um I mean, apart from the ones inside my own head, um, it's good to have a little bit of a limitation there, isn't it? I, 
I mean, when I, you know, first music I ever made was with uh, an SH1, a copycat, and a four track, and that was it off the drums and everything. But even now, it's uh, because it's actually sometimes when you turn everything on all at once, you get a bit lost and a bit swamped and a bit confused. <laughs> and uh, it's really nice to just have one thing. And if I'm working on a series of tracks, I will just play with one synth for maybe a couple of days and just literally see if anything comes out of that. But this album's a really great idea. It's really, um, really uh, interesting to see all the different people's take on this lovely lush synth. And it kind of reminded me a bit of, uh, do you remember uh, Benj had an album out in 2008 called 20 Systems, which was, um, it basically went from 1968 to 1987 and each track was just one synth that came out that year. So it was, Bench was doing all of the tracks. Cool. So you got a sort of flavor ah. of each going from analog to digital. But this is actually more interesting because you've got one instrument. And now, th so the focus is sort of more on the artists creating it. So mm. it's really interesting. I mean, I, I, I coined this uh, at the last uh, live stream we did, which was uh, synths don't make people. Uh, synths don't make music people make music so misquoting the national rifle association there but it's that interesting fact that you get one piece of kit and different people's take on it uh yeah i really i really enjoy I think it. So, yeah it's so it's sort of the best demo you can you can offer really in many ways i mean i don't know matt i, I know make noise have done this before haven't they they did did they have a label mm. i'm pretty sure they had a label yeah, that that because they, they had a they, they had a system didn't they that they they'd sent around right. to people so they've done it before they yeah got that's right i i thought that it was a really cool concept. I thought this this was as well. They, I think it was just the Make Noise um, system that they sent around to different artists and they were only al allowed to use those modules in it uh, and come up with a piece of music. And I think this is this is really well done, this one, and really well placed. I mean, you've, you've got artists there from quite different corners of the electronic music industry, if you like. And... Um, I know what you mean about they all they all kind of got a similar aesthetic and they're quite droney and that kind of thing but i guess that's what the the instrument kind of set out to do isn't it it because it was a mm. collaboration with alessandro cortini and listening to his albums which i absolutely love um you know this doesn't sound too far off something he would well his is, with, yeah, in a way his, his are like I, I think he's he's like um pop drones i would say i would say pop pop <laughs> pop shoot i don't know if there's yeah. such a thing but he's got a there's, kind of thing going on there i would say yeah yeah it, it's this kind of thing i like which is that it, it's that walk in that line of there's a melody and it and it can be quite a poppy melody but obscuring it and uh, and sitting it back amongst the the sounds and the, the sound of the melody in a way. So I'll come up with some very basic melodies, but it's how you present them and what speed you do and what effects you've got on them. And if they're in stereo, if they've got loads of distortion and then they go through a low-pass filter and it's hardly audible, but it, it's there. That's the kind of line I, I like to walk down. So, um, yeah, I'm, I haven't downloaded this. It's cool that they're giving it away for free and yeah well they already cool. they they yeah they paid the artists or gave them strikers i'd imagine is a possibility i guess yeah. so i i want to get my hands on one uh, you know now he hearing this i think i think i could have a lot of fun with that a lot of fun um i will give a shout out though to manny d who's on this album who's actually one of my ex-students who's like a superstar dj now and doing absolutely amazing it's cool. great to see him doing so well and, pl and he plays all over the world at the minute and um 
yeah, um, it'd be good ca- good to catch up with him. So, Manny, well done, mate. You're doing absolutely awesome. Nothing to do with me, of course. He he, he did all this himself, but um, it's great to see him on there. Nice, nice. Uh, Paulie, I, I don't know if... I, I, I'm kind of... Not much 80s reverb going on in this one, but, you know, I know that there are other there no. are other music. You can appreciate all kinds of music. I don't want to pigeonhole you in any way. No, no, uh, so please don't pigeonhole me. <laughs> no. So it reminded me... Um, I've got a factoid. Um, it reminded me of a concept that was done in about 1999, and Roland did it. And it was called At Home with the Groove Box. Um, and basically, they got people like Sonic Youth, Beck, Pavement, Air, Jean Jacques Perry, etc., to make tracks only using the Roland MC505 Groove Box. And then they released an album. And it ended up pretty good, I've got to say. Um, interesting you know, yeah i think matt, matt greer pointed that out as well in the in the chat so i i will have to check that out but i mean it seems like a great idea yeah. i suppose the danger is if it's a if there's a sound set in there that could be seen as a bit general midi then you're going to have to work pretty hard to break out of the sure. the voicing and the and the kind of arrangement stuff i but i i don't recall it's it the, um, probably worth checking out yeah it's got the jv engine in it so it's got all the booster and ring mod and weirdness in it as well as your standard gm kind of sound so right that's quite cool oh, cool but yeah i'm gonna download this this album later and and give it a listen yeah nice one well that I'm sounds like give- a lot of fun um okay well i i think if we've got time we'll try and do some questions because i have been banging on about getting people to uh, uh, uh send in questions and so i think that's what we're going to do so our first question i've just get my mouse hopefully now this is going to be a thing tune for the questions nick it's like question do you think time. i need a jingle Someone, yeah, questions, yeah. Da, 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 you know. Nice. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> or just to, something like uh, really music. Actually, well, oh, yeah, here we go. Okay, it's yeah. I know uh, Dom's got one. Dom's got one. I'll try. Uh, so, anyway, here's a question. That, so, this is Aquatic Borealis via YouTube. Um, favorite effects suites? I'm, I'm guessing that's probably plugins um, rather yeah. than hardware. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so, oh. anybody care to kick that off? Um, yeah. Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's go with uh, with with Chris over there. Off well, I've just recently changed over to a, a new door. Yes, the old computer died. Um, it's a terrible, terrible time for me. I've been looking at free effects suites, and I found the uh, I really enjoy that Melda Production effects suites. There's a whole bunch of stuff in there, like everything you can think of. But the, uh, the EQ is beautiful. It's got saturation in it, and it's really good. M- Melda. Melda Production. Free. I remember, yes, well, I think I remember. Yeah, nice one. Are they VST or AU? What's the... I think they're both. Uh, VST 3, I think, and AU. And yeah, I've been really enjoying the, the EQ on that. I haven't even really ducked into anything else. There's a, there's a whole page of all kinds of stuff in there. It's it's good. Try it. Let me, let me just... Uh, I'll throw that in the chat room because I, I think f- I've just found a link. That's all right. We'll do that now. Melda Productions. Yeah, there we go. Nice one, Chris. Um, that I mean, because I suppose these are the things that we we t- we tend to find. I mean, uh, I'm, I'll I'll have to have a think of that like this because I don't really use. I mean, I know um, uh, uh, Matt, you use Bitwig, but I don't know if you use any other kind of uh, suite plugins. We have talked about yeah. plugins a few times, and I don't, I don't yeah. know what you would say to this. I mean, back in the day, I had every single plugin going. I used to scour the internet for them and and that kind of thing. But it just 
yeah, just don't need that many plugins now. I've got very limited. It's Sound Toys plugins. Just love their dist- oh, yeah. distortions, their Echo Boy, that uh, filter free, really, really high end, beautiful, organic sounding, pushing anything analog into it just works really well. Um, for any kind of um, weird effects and things like that, I go to Sugar Bites. They have things like the Tornado, oh, which really do interesting looping and uh, they're really good for idea generation there's there's a kind of some interesting sequences have got an effect tricks for glitching and that kind of thing and that's um, ios as well isn't it i think isn't it sugar bites yeah i think they are Um, yeah yeah they're cool they they do some bundles i've recently been buying the filters from um oh uh, artoria they've got me hooked the, they do a couple of really good, interesting filters. I just go for anything that's got character in, in it, really. And uh, sound toy. Oh yeah, and Eventide. So I've got the Eventide suite as well, just because I really love their um, their H three thousands or whatever the delays and that kind of thing. Just really interesting in the pitching you can do with it. Send again, sending anything analog into it and playing around with the pitching can be really interesting. So that's that's kind of pretty much it. Nice work, nice work. Obviously, that so many doors come with so much stuff now. Mm. I mean, it's you know, often all you need is there, and it's just a question of what flavors you kind of want. But, uh, Paulie, how about you? Uh, for me, it's Native Instruments guitar rig. Surprisingly, um, but mm. it's absolutely, it's still my go-to. You know, aside Good from a, a couple of reverbs and things like that, um, guitar rig has some really cool effects in that you can modulate any parameter. So that's when it gets Ah, fun. For instance, you'll hear this in my video, which is coming out in a couple of days. There's a spring reverb and you can change the length of the virtual spring, right? So Hmm. why not whack an analog step sequence on that parameter and just let the, (laughs) the virtual spring just go. And it gets really choppy and metallic and, you know, um, I want to. I want someone to build a real variable CV controlled spring reverb. I think it could work with some kind of dampening device on the spring, so it gets shorter as it goes along. I like um, because I love that sound. So guitar rig, nice idea. chorus, nice reverb, um, good delays. Well, good shout. Um, I'm just trying to think what for me, I, I, I suppose uh, one worth a shout is Valhalla obviously do some really good stuff if that's what you, it's not really a suite, but I mean anything in the time domain and is algorithmic. Uh, Sign Vibes uh, also do, re- I mean it's it's it, all of these people who've just got brilliant algorithms I suppose is a, is a good place to start, but uh, I don't really use all that many external plugins. Um, I mean, I'm just, you know, it's not a world I'm inhabiting in much. You know, most of the stuff that I use on a daily basis is things like, you know, going across the output of this stream, for instance, to give it a bit more of a FM sort of vibe or processing my voice. So it's not really creative effects. Um, I, I would obviously give a shout out for Isotope because um, you've got the stuff like uh, Neutron, th- uh, the Neutron stuff, which has lots of modules within it, like limiters, EQs and compression and things that can kind of really shape sound, tonal balance. Uh, all kinds of stuff like that. So, I mean, they're worth worth a shout to. 
Uh, anyway, well, thank you for that question, uh, uh, Aquatic Borealis. Uh, there's also, let's let's get one more time in here. Uh, uh, let me see, any chance for, oh, well, that's, uh, any chance for a plug for Derby Emom tomorrow? I'm not quite sure what this is, but uh, I'll, I'll throw it in there. Oh, hold on, it's that one, isn't it? Uh, uh, any chance of a plug for Derby Emon tomorrow? Jim Glue's 50th birthday and Jamie Giusic is going to stream the whole event. Yes. Okay. Well, I guess we've done that. Electronic music open mic. Perhaps. Yeah, that's right. Electronic music. Yes, that's probably it. Sorry, I, I, I'm not very with it. Uh, but yes, okay. We'll check that one out. Uh, there was also a question that came in from uh, Nick Howes. I, I think Wagyu had to post this one. Uh, do we think it's time for a paradigm shift in how studios work? Matt's comment about mixing desks, looking at VR systems as one idea, that kind of thing. Which is a really, I mean, that's a big question. I mean, maybe we'll try and uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll try and um, make that <laughs> succinct. Oh, I pressed the wrong button again. Too many, too many buttons to do. Uh, yes, probably. I mean, I'll come to you first, Chris, because I know you're reaching for your uh, beverage or something, but you recently changed computers. Yeah, you recently changed computers. I mean, presumably you've, you, you know, each time you get something new, you move things around. I mean, do you have a mixing desk, or do you mix in the box, box, or in the, you know, what? How do you feel about the the paradigm of your working space, studio wise? Uh, yeah, well, it's uh, yeah. I mean, we changed over to Reaper. Uh, it's hey. lovely. Um, we still have um, uh, just working in the box. It's nice. It does its thing. And uh, I, I was actually getting in the middle of the heat wave recently. I was looking at all this because I've got these IKEA tables with things glued onto them so they don't fall off. And I'm starting to feel a bit hemmed in. Uh, so yeah, I change every so often is good. As as for paradigm shift, I mean, yeah, I mean. To totally change the way you work has got to be a good thing. Go even going in the garden, like uh, Paulie was saying earlier on. That's, is that a paradigm shift? I don't know. Maybe. Well, I suppose um, it depends. Yeah. Yeah, I've, but yeah, I'm basically trying to. I mean, it, I've got enough different now that I don't want to change anything for a little while until I'm comfortable here because I'm still really finding my feet and. Uh, it's a little bit, uh, it's really weird trying to work with a new door and trying to find, mm. get the sound back and work out what you're doing. So, yeah. Well, it, you want friction free. Isn't you? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, paradigm shifts yeah. are all well and good, but there's convenience. I mean, like, you know, for instance, the paradigm shift for us is us doing this show like this. You know, this is all in the cloud. I'm sitting here on a Mac. I'm running PC software on a computer in Virginia. That's a big paradigm shift. And I think if mm -hmm. that starts to kick in with things that might be happening in music production and music creation, then that might start to work. We're not there yet because of the real-time nature, and you may notice that there are some delays in our conversations because there's a big round trip, so it doesn't work quite the same. I know, um, Paulie, I mean, you're probably going to find yourself imposing a paradigm shift on yourself quite soon just because, sure. you know, you're going to have a baby, so that will, that will change child. the way that you work. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, apparently, they say um, get used to three-hour cycles. They eat, they poop, they sleep every three hours or something like that. So I'm thinking in that sleeping hour, if I just leave everything on, I can just run up <laughs> to the studio and get a little bit done or something like that. We'll see. Um, I am planning to be completely out of action for about two weeks, and then hopefully I can start to um, you know, reintroduce that creative time because – Thankfully, my wife and I both work in mental health. We're both aware that we need our well-being activities in our lives, you know, to keep well. 
Um, so we're gonna we're a good team. We'll work it out. Basically, that paradigm shift. Mm. Um, but yeah, I might have to work a bit more mobile. You know, on my laptop, do do a few bits and pieces on my laptop. I've got the same door on my laptop, just not all the nice hardware. So I might I might get into creating a lot of stuff with you know um, MIDI placeholders and then rendering them out with the nice synths in the studio. That's an interesting idea. I mean, what just one tip is, you know, the thing that I found when uh, the child came along is, you know, you don't get the luxury to kind of sit there and, and just kind of go, yeah, I'll ponder and tinker. You know, you, you sort of go, I've got this much time. What am I going to do? And so sure. that's quite the, that, that aspect of creative discipline is quite is quite a, a shift in itself. I, it, um, it can be quite good in many ways. I tend to mostly write in my head anyway. I think it's an uh, autism well, thing. I just write most of the music in my head and dance around where there's no apparent sound. So people think I'm like, you know, really weird sometimes if you ever see me doing it and dancing around to something in my head. So I think I'll be okay. But yeah, I do like to ponder as well. So I don't think mm. I'm going to get that time. Well, I, I mean, paradigm shifts. I mean, Matt, you're talking about, uh, you know, actually implementing one and, and creating a workspace yeah. that is bespoke. I mean, it's quite hard work to come up with something that doesn't exist yet or that is so specifically you and, and knowing exactly what you're going to need and planning for it, right? I know, yeah, I know what you mean, Nick. But one of the things that I say to people is try and recognize what serves you well when it comes to either purchasing equipment or the way you use it and the way you set it up. I, I did the thing that everyone does. Oh, yeah, I'm going to buy a million cents and some outboard and and a desk, and I got all that set up, and I was overwhelmed, and it, it didn't serve me well in that it didn't work with my approach to music production. And it took me a while to really recognize that. And when I re recognized, actually, where do I, where do I sit and fit into the music production world it was with this and i'm sorry to cheap on about it but this is my my headspace this is my headset this is my connection to music is this it's not having racks and racks of loads of loads of separate scents and and that kind of thing it it's it's very much this so when i recognize that i realized that that was my this is the heart of the studio for me and this is what i was going to have to start building everything around so so that that's become so apparent. So for me to suddenly change that and buy a mixing desk, bottom line is you're always going to need a decent audio capture card. You're going to need to record stuff. Or if you're going to tape, get yourself a nice tape machine or something. And um, the converters in like the Expert Sleepers ES9 sound absolutely brilliant. That's my sound card now. That's it there in, in a rack, which is it's kind of weird. I never thought I'd have that. I, you know, I thought I'd... I'd go down the um, universal audio route or get a really high end digi design or something. No, it's not that I don't need to do well, that. You, you've got, for me, so. I mean, you've got, you've got a uh, X32 rack as well, haven't you? Or something. No, that's, that was replaced by this actually, Nick. I did have the X32. Oh, really? Wow. And okay. then this, this is it. So this is, um, this is expandable and it, it's great. It works great. Um, the, yeah, the only other thing, that comes to mind is um yeah your workflow and recording processes and and just just don't be afraid to just kind of um you know try and fathom out and have a studio design layout set up that 
that is just you. It's just really you. And you don't be too influenced by all the YouTube videos you see of people saying you must buy this synth and that synth and that synth and that kind of thing. And um, uh, hopefully, like me, you won't spend loads of money and then realize you didn't need to do that and then sell it all and then spend loads more money again <laughs> doing it this way around. Right. So, um, well, yeah, that's, that's good. I mean, experience, good experience makes it. Yeah. Experience makes. I think Nick House was say, suggesting that uh, some, the, the idea of sort of introducing VR into into things. I think that's another well, question. We've actually, covered some of the VR things before, but I think it's it's still a weird. The frame rate's too low to to not make you feel weird when you're in it. Yeah, I think that's the problem. I think you know we've talked about this before, and I think if anything, augmented reality is going to be the one rather than VR. Um, but a, a big change that's been for me over the past couple of years is actually having this set up for live streaming as well and i think more and more people are doing that um we're, we're sort of able to beam into each other's studios more often than mm. not now and see people working in real time and that kind of thing so camera setups lighting equipment microphones being able to communicate yeah. with an audience in real time while you're making yeah. music that's been a big shift for me yeah and just kind of going i'm gonna do a gig now and you know, okay, you don't have to. You just go. I'm just going to do it now. I'm going to pr- see yeah. if anyone shows. I mean, yes, you want some sort of audience there. So you know, you might have. You know, yeah, next Wednesday I'm doing this, or like for instance, next Wednesday we're doing Sonic Talk. But if I wanted to, I mean, I don't very often do, but I could be at the studio at half past five one night and just go oh this is fun i like the sound of this i'll stream it now i mean and those are the sort of things that you know having a setup that allows you to to do it because without having to kind of go oh wait where's the lead for this where's the stand for the camera where's this and whatever you want to just be able to go bing and that's the sort of stuff and that's that technology has become the enabling of that there's a new camera out i think it's insta 360 uh some uh link i think it's called uh and it it's a tiny little PTZ camera, 4K PTZ camera that will do, you know, articulation and zooming. And it's got loads of AI stuff, so you can give it kind of like gestures and it'll do things like move to a specific point. Those are the sort of things that really enable people to just kind of get on with what they're doing and not have the technology be friction. And when you're talking video and multiple cameras and all that stuff, it, it, it's, an ins- it's a very big learning curve. So I think those are the sort of things, uh, Nick, to maybe to answer your question, uh, that are going to be enablers and change the way that we work more than perhaps VR uh, and that sort of stuff. Anyway, um, I don't want to keep you too long. I'm aware that we've been going on a bit longer than usual, which is great. And thank you, everybody, for the questions. Uh, it, it worked kind of, I think, today. Just a couple of uh, glitches my because I'm still not got the muscle memory for it, but thank you everybody, uh, all of you people in the Discord and the IRC and uh, the YouTube. It's very much appreciated. Um, so, folks, I, I guess. Uh, well, uh, Chris, what 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 can you plug now? That's time to go. What can you plug? Where can people find out all about what you're doing? What's out? You know, have you got your your Boocast, of course, every every month. Okay. Right? Yeah, we've got Bootcast number four coming up on the first Monday of the month, and we're getting ready for that now. We've also got a single coming out. We've got a remix from Friends in the United States coming. We've got to film the video for that. It's not going to be a technically, uh, you know, madly technical video this time. We're literally going to film in the outside toilet. So just to give you an idea, we're changing, <laughs> changing pace a little bit. And um, also we've got some nice, uh, some really nice news. We've got something quite exciting. I don't know if I can actually talk about it yet, but we've got some something happening near Great. the end of the year. So, yeah, I'll keep, keep you posted about that. So, yeah, just uh, check us out, batteryoperatedorchestra.com or booelectric.com. They both work. 
apparently. But yeah, there it says that right at the bottom there. I've I've, I've got it. I've so got it, it there. But thank you for joining. Thank you for joining us, Chris. It's been an absolute pleasure. I, I hope we get you again as well. Thank you. So, uh, Matt, um, you're uh, what has your release? You're working towards more of a traditional release, like a body of work rather than yeah. one per month, right? So, yeah, um, yeah, plowing through that. I've got quite a number of tracks already finished. I just kind of feel like I just want to put them out, but. I just, um, this goes for anyone. I know how much when you finish a track, you just want to get it out into the world. Don't wait, build up the uh, momentum, do a bit of a marketing plan. Think about oh, how you man. can release it. All of that. You know what I'm talking about. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah, that's very much underway. Um, going to do some videos this week and next week. Cause now it's cool enough to get back in the studio, sorted out my live streaming stuff again. So, um, got a few things to look at a few modules um actually this this is an interesting one i just got which is the filtrone by mr g really interesting um filter this one um it the interesting thing about it it's got this tone control on it because you've got a rocker switch between uh, 18 db and a 24 db slope but the tone control allows you to blend the output state uh, output from the 12 db uh to the 24 db and it also allows you to blend between the 8 dB slope and the 6 dB slope. So it's the first time I've seen that on a on a filter where you can actually blend between different slopes. So I'm going to do a little video on that shortly as well. And I'll um I'll do a video of what I mentioned earlier as well about playing with sample playheads and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, well. that sounds um, good. That'd be cool. Excellent. But lovely to, well, keep us to posted. Be here. We'll, 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 we'll share it. Thank you. Cool. Yes, uh, thank you, Matt. And also, Paulie, thank you too. I guess your immediate plans are somewhat governed by uh, your your partner's biological situation and when, when the baby's due. But uh, uh, you, yeah. we've got a video coming out fairly soon on uh, Magical Synth Adventure channel, right? Two, two or three days, hopefully, oh, if, unless okay. everything kicks off. And then at some point, I need to get because I've, I've been sitting on an album, talking about building suspense, I've been sitting on an album for about three or four years now that I need to get out. And I've got, I got a little bit paralyzed by fear with it or perfectionism or whatever. So I've decided I'm going to do a series of EPs instead and just mm. get like five or six tracks done, ready, put them out. Because I think that's rather than do like a big kind of prog rock double album kind of thing which i was kind of planning for the grand grandioseness of it um i'm just going to do a series of eps of the of my band elmo sex whistle stuff um there's one album already on like itunes and stuff like that if you want to listen to some quite interesting industrially circusy orchestral music um and yeah, that'll be it basically. And and get around to finishing the Arcade Dream soundtrack at some point. <laughs> so it's going to be a busy one. Yeah, sounds like it. Well, thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, everybody in the chat. Thanks to all of our uh, supporters on Patreon, whose names we'll uh, scroll past at the end. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Thank you, everybody. That was, uh, well, I can't remember which button to press. I think it's this button. That was Sonic Talk, episode 74. See you all next time. Take care. Bye-bye now.